Life Audio. This coming weekend, we're celebrating Father's Day, and I realized that that can be triggering for some people. And so what I wanted to do was bring something that was going to give you a lot of value and maybe speak to some of those things, but also do it in a way that presents a lot of value to parents in general. And so I sat down with my friend Kyle Eidelman, which you may remember him from the book Not a Fan, one of my favorite all-time books ever. But Kyle and I had this conversation about what it means to surrender our children to the Lord and how difficult that is and what it practically means to do that. And I want to tell you that even though I have gone over this idea in my head a billion times, I walked away with some new insight. And I remember just even sitting there in this conversation thinking, okay, this is powerful. I think I even said that a couple times to Kyle. So I want to invite you into this conversation that we had. And I want you to recognize that we're all a work in progress. But the longing of our heart is for, as parents, is for us to be able to produce something real and lasting when it comes to our children and their own faith with God. So I would invite you to invite your husbands into today's episode because it's just special for them. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what he says in his word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach, and I have been there. I too was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with him, and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out, and I just wanted a way to understand His will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures, as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. And today I'm so excited to introduce my friend, Kyle Eidelman, who is here with us to share a little bit about what's on his heart, what God has been doing in his life. So Kyle, thank you so much for joining us today. Rachel, it is great to be with you. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. So Kyle, as you know, we are airing this episode um, just before Father's Day, which I think sometimes can be a little bit hard for some some people, myself included. And um, I just want to say that you are, as many of our uh, listeners would know, you are the first male voice that has joined the the Hearing Jesus podcast. So we thank you for um, being the pioneer in that respect. Um, But I was hoping today we could have a little bit of discussion about um, not just the things that have been on your heart, but I think the things that have been on the hearts of our listeners. And so um, I thought maybe we could start with you just kind of telling us a little bit about your personal journey and what ways life just wasn't working your way and then how that led to submission and surrender in your own life. Yeah, it's good. I, um, yeah, I, I wrote this book, When Your Way Isn't Working, as a little more personal uh, story, you know, it's a little more vulnerable than what I'm comfortable with. I, I know um, you can relate to this. Sometimes you write something and in the moment you're comfortable and then it comes out and you're like, mm, maybe, maybe, <laughs> I, maybe I shouldn't have shared some of that. And yet what I have seen is that um, 
God uses that to connect to people in in a way that is real and and um, more, more authentic. And so I, I'm grateful for that. But it, it does come more out of a personal journey. I I have been a pastor now for you know 25 plus years. My wife and I have been married 27 years. Um, I have four kids, three daughters in their 20s. Uh, my two oldest are married, and then um, and then my son is 18, just graduating from high school, getting ready to head to college. Um, and then I became a grandfather this past year. So wow. congratulations. A little surreal and awesome. We have loved it. Um, it's It's been exciting. But one of the challenges for me um, was to recognize both as a pastor and as a father, especially, um, how much I don't have control over. I was slow to recognize that. I um, liked this idea that God was sovereign. God's all powerful. I put my faith and my trust in him, but I'll fix my own problems. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I truly have had a, a deep faith in, in God's uh, work and his redeeming work in my life. Um, but when your kids get into their 20s and when uh, COVID hit as a pastor, it just began to make it clear to me there's there's a, there are just a lot of things that I have no no control over. And my way of dealing with it was to kind of double down on effort to think, okay, the way to to fix this is to produce differently, produce more. And what God began to show me was that it is not so much about production as much as it is connection. Mm. That if I can focus on my connection, not just to him, but my connection to my wife, my connection to my kids, the connection to the people that he's called me to lead and to pastor, if I stay connected, that the production will take care of itself. But when I become very focused on production. When I start to think that the the way to fix things that I can't control is by, uh, you know, grabbing the steering wheel and, and uh, making things happen, um, it doesn't work. And, and so that submission, um, I think, as is often the case, has, I've had to learn the hard way. You know, there's, there's nothing like uh, recognizing that you can't do it yourself to teach you dependence and submission on God. Yeah, I love that. You know, um, the, one of the things, well, what you're working through in the book is John chapter 15, which I love. And I think the verse that always is a turning point for me when I read that and I think through that is when he he's saying, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. And that last part, that apart from me, you can do nothing, I think is so hard for us to practically grasp as parents, as, you know, in ministry, you know, there's been so many years, you know, I'm not this way now, but when I was working in the local church, I got burnt out because mm. I sometimes forgot that we already had a savior and I needed to do all the things and be all the people and do, you know, never yeah. take a day off. And, and it got to this point where I, I think I had heard this teaching at one point in, in my ministry career was like, 
um, you know, every moment matters, which I do still believe that, like, you know, but I also recognize now that moments of rest matter and moments of surrender matter and moments of peace matter. But I had lived with this mentality of like that production piece. If I wasn't constantly trying to produce something for the Lord, then I wasn't living up to the calling. And I think as parents, especially when we think about it in terms of control, that is so difficult for us to do. Like, you know, as I had shared with you before, I want to get there. Like I want to be in a place of surrender. I, that sounds great to me. That lines up with my theology on a Sunday morning. I'm going to praise that all the way. But when it comes to Tuesday afternoon, when you hear about another school shooting, it's like, Mm -hmm. well, do I homeschool my kids now? Do I buy bulletproof backpacks? Like, you know, and the reality is, is we don't go too long in the news cycle before we hear of another tragedy or, you know, of course we're constantly bombarded with, wars and rumors of wars and just all the chaos that's happening in the world around us. So I think one of the questions I would have for you is what would be um, something you would say to parents to help parents who may be struggling with the challenges of raising children in today's world And then also balancing that with this call to submission, because I feel like in so many ways we're called as parents, even just emotionally to protect our kids, but yet there are so many situations in life that we can't. And like you said, your kids are older now. They're off into the world. They're doing things outside of arm's reach. Like, how do you handle that as a parent? Yeah. You know, um, if I could take you back to a more ancient concept, but is uh, easily the most discussed problem in scripture. And and that is the issue of idolatry, where we are putting something in place of God in our lives. We are um, looking to someone or something to do for us what only God can do for us. When that happens, it is usually a submission issue. It's a, it shows us that um, our dependence is on something or someone else rather than, than God. And, and one of the ways to identify your idols is to ask a few questions. So for example, um, what, what are you most afraid of? Um, the psychologist Alfred Adler says that if you want to know what you're living for, you pay attention to your nightmares. Mm. Uh, The idea there is that whatever you're most concerned about losing, in other words, if I lost it, I just don't think I could keep on going. If something happened to my kids, if this happened to our family, I just don't think I could keep on going. That's, that's the idol. Like that's what needs to be surrendered. That's Mm. what we are holding on to very tightly. We're going to actually stop right here and take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll continue on with our conversation with Kyle. Stay tuned because it's powerful. Another question to ask yourself to see if something needs to be surrendered or submitted to God would be, what area in my life am I most disappointed with? Um, This idea that our disappointments show us what we've put our hope in. disproportionate disappointment, meaning that it just lingers, it stays with us, that disappointment turns into despair. When those things are, when those things are not going away, when that just is part of what we're experiencing, that is an indication that something hasn't been submitted, something hasn't been surrendered to God. And so I think as parents, you know, our children can easily become idols, and not just our children, but our children's safety, our children's decisions, um, that our happiness, our sadness, our, you know, disappointment 
that those things get very wrapped up in their lives. And, and so the, the antidote for that, um, going back to John 15 is, is to recognize I, I don't have a lot of control over those things. I am the branch. Jesus is the vine. I want to stay connected to him. I want to worship him. And the more I keep my focus on that connection, the more I put him in his right place, the more those, those other things that have become, as Augustine said, disordered loves, things that aren't, just aren't bad, they're good things, but they've become too important. Those things begin to line up more accurately. And so I would just encourage parents, as you are looking at your children, as you're thinking about their future, their safety, their security, um, to ask yourself, am I putting my hope in those things? And if I am, how do I continually surrender those things to God and put put my hope in him? Yeah, that's powerful. I think that is probably a thought that most parents don't want to think. Like, I have put my kids in this place of being an idol. You know, for for many believers, and, and this is what the enemy does, you know, there is a deception there because there's such a fine line between, okay, I want to be a good parent. I want to, I want to yeah. give my kids everything that they need. I want to be supportive and loving and and teach them um the scriptures and all those things, but yet also release them and surrender them to God. And and I think that's one of those things that are really difficult to do. One of the things you say in the book, which I thought was really powerful is you said, recognize what you can't do. That's what makes room for what God can do. I thought that's, that's really it. There's so much freedom in that too. When, when you can say to yourself, I, I can't, I, I can take this pressure off myself. I can surrender that to God. Um, The apostle Paul talks about this in second Corinthians, where he says, you know, his strength is made perfect in my weakness. So if that's true, Paul says, I'm going to delight in my weaknesses, meaning that God's power and strength has an opportunity to be demonstrated in our weaknesses and insufficiencies most, most significantly, like where there is weakness and um, uh, insecurity, like that is space for God to demonstrate his, his power and his strength. And so instead of feeling like those weaknesses need to define us they can instead be something we delight in because they show god's uh they demonstrate god's power in us and and it's just very freeing when we have that kind of faith it means i don't have to pretend i don't have to be the one to you know make up for it i i don't have to uh be in denial to myself and others that i don't have this figured out or we made some mistakes over here or we need help um, from someone because we're not sure what to do. Like all of that just begin, begins to be so much more freeing when we recognize that it's okay if we don't have what it takes. It's okay if we don't know the answer. It's okay if we're insufficient because all of that gives God opportunity to demonstrate his his strength. Yeah, you know, this reminds me of a season I went through when my children were little. And I think as parents... Um, especially moms, but as parents in general, we go through these different seasons with our kids where there's different levels of letting go, like mm-hmm. letting them go to kindergarten and then letting them go to elementary school, letting them go to their first maybe sleepover. Or, you know, I have my oldest is in college, letting her go to college was so difficult. Like I, it's your heart walking around outside your body. And 
you know, one of the things that the Lord has just impressed upon me throughout the, the lives of my children is they're his kids and he loves them more than I do. Yeah. And, you know, the, the Holy Spirit had to speak that into my heart for me to have peace in this area, but I, I tend to want to like snatch them back, you know, and so I'll surrender them, but then I want to take them back. What would you say about somebody that might be struggling? Like, I think most of us want to get there, but practically, what does that look like? And how can we leave them there once we've surrendered them? Yeah, I I do love your uh, thought there about Hey, these aren't just my kids. These are these are God's kids. I say that in my prayers sometimes. I'm like, God, she's my daughter, but she's your daughter too, you know. And I I love this scene in Luke eight where um, the woman with the issue of blood reaches out and touches the cloak of Jesus. She, she tries to disappear into the crowd, and then the Bible says that she realized she could not go unnoticed. That Jesus was going to see her. I love that. And then when Jesus sees her. He speaks to her and what he, the word he uses to refer to her is daughter. He says daughter and um, a very personal, intimate family term. And here's Jesus as this Jewish rabbi speaking to this woman. He calls her daughter. I love that because that's how he sees her and an understanding that God sees our children, that they are our sons and daughters, but they are his as well. That as much as we love them, he loves them even more. And, and there's so much about them that we don't know and we can't see. I, I uh, read this experiment um, that was done, a social experiment where they said to parents, you know, if you had if, if you had 10 minutes to look at your child's entire life and erase anything bad that might happen to them, what would you erase? And the idea in this experiment was that any parent would go through their kid's life and be like, okay, so they have a learning disability. I I don't want that. I'm going to erase that. And they go through this painful breakup in high school. I want to protect her heart. I don't want them to go. They go to college and they make these mistakes or get caught up with these. I want to erase those friendships. They get let go from a job that is really hard on, on their identity. I want to erase that. And, and the idea is as earthly parents, our approach with our children would be naturally to say, I want to protect them from anything hard or difficult. But what we know is that this is how God disciples us and develops us. And if we erase all of those things, we, we would end up erasing some of the most significant things God would want to do in them. And he knows those things and he sees those things so he can be trusted. And so when I am reading off a page in my daughter's book, you know, her life book, and I don't understand what's happening and I don't understand, you know, why God doesn't answer this certain prayer, specific prayer. He sees things all at once. He knows what this is going to develop in her. He knows how this is going to grow her, how it's going to teach her dependence. He knows how it's going to cause her to find her identity in him rather than in these things over here. Like he knows all of that. And so trusting him as one father to another, trusting him that he has her best good in mind um, is a form of submission, right? Like I am, I am saying to God, here's my will, but not my will, yours be done because you know what I don't and you see what I can't. Oh, that's powerful. That's powerful. And I think, you know, we can recognize that in our own lives. For mm-hmm. sure. 
But that making that jump to recognizing that and trusting God and having faith that God's going to do that in the lives of our children is taking that wholesome mission another step further. That's powerful. Wow. Well, you know, I think it's a good example for them too. like teaching them, you know, in the submission of how, how to trust God in those moments we don't understand. Like I think back through the season of COVID when, you know, when it first hit, none of us knew what we were doing. Like, you know, we didn't know what it meant to, to approach this, that we were going to be going in the season of two years. And, and I remember even just having these conversations with my kids, like, we don't know, like, we don't know what's going to happen next, but we know that we can trust God. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. understand but I trust him. And I think that has kind of been a family motto for us when some of those things have hit like, okay, God, I don't understand what's going on right now, but I trust you. And sometimes those words come out of my mouth before my heart feels that, you know, there's sometimes a misalignment, but I think that's where that faith step comes in because I think sometimes we have to make the decision to submit before we like feel like we're submitting. Right. Did you have someone model that for you growing up? Uh, no, no, I came from a real broken home. I was the first believer in my home. Um, no, that really came as a result of brokenness in my life and getting to the other side of that. And I think I probably at one point would have wanted to erase, like if I could race things in my own life, I would have wanted to erase like most of my childhood. Um, but through lots of therapy, through the Holy spirit, through what God's done in my own life, seeing how he, nothing's wasted in the kingdom and now he can redeem all things. Um, that's been a direct result of my relationship with him. Um, but have you I shared that with, have you shared that journey with your kids as they've gotten older where they've, they know that about you and they've heard you talk about what God has taught you personally through some of that challenge, some of those challenges and difficulties. Yeah. I mean, yes, that has been an active part of my parenting because I have had to rely on God as the model for how to parent my kids because I didn't have that model growing up. I didn't even have, I, I mean, I had the opposite. Like, I, I guess I could probably say like, I could do the opposite, everything my parents did. And that would probably be a good parent based on my experiences. And so really for me, the the consistent experience of my life is God as father, because again, if I'm looking back of those formative experiences in my life, I would not know God the way I know him now as father, had I not walked through the things I walked through in my past. And so I've been very verbal about that with my kids. I mean, it's part of the reason I write the books that I do and part of the reason why I have the podcast. Um, But I think now, like when I'm seeing my kids branch out, like my oldest daughter, she's in college now, the way that she's handling some of the situations that are that are uncontrollable. I'm even if she wouldn't necessarily say that out loud yet, I can see that that's how she's handling things. Like, okay, I don't really understand what God's doing, but I'm just going to trust that he's got it all figured out. And I love that because for me, I agonized to get to that place. For them, it's normal. For them, it's a normative wow. experience to just trust God, that God's going to work it out. And so seeing that that birth, all the pain that I went through is producing this productive experience. Like what you said, it's, it's about that connection, the productive part comes later, that's producing good fruit in them. And mm-hmm. I maybe not set out to do that, but that's what God's doing. And so again, like if I erase the things in my past, it wouldn't be producing the good fruit that I'm seeing in my kids right now and for their future. So you can see this handprint on that. Yeah. And I love that you're sharing that journey with them. I, I think this is one of the ways we teach our kids uh, dependence on God is by not pretending like it's it's easy 
not yeah. pretending like we've always known and we've always had the answers. And, and then they find themselves in that situation and they think it's not supposed to be hard. And so when it's hard for them, they begin to question their faith. They begin to think something is wrong. And so to, to let them see the struggle, to let them see some of the challenges, to be honest or vulnerable with them about, um, you know, some of the ways it's been difficult for us to trust or ways that God has redeemed, you know, to do that in, in a way that, um, that doesn't say, Hey, mom, dad, we, we have all the answers. We, you know, we always know what to do, but to let them know that that's been a struggle, that's been a struggle for you. That actually gives them more confidence when the struggle comes, uh, when the struggle comes for them. And so it, you know, in, in that same passage in John 15, where Jesus is talking about the vine and the branches, it's, it's in this uh, text called the final discourse where it begins and ends in John 14 and in John 16, it begins and ends with Jesus basically saying, you're going to have hard times in this world. You know, in this world, you will have trouble, you know, believe in God, believe also in me. So his love for the disciples and for his followers is to say to them, let me tell you that some hard things are coming. And that word for trouble there is not like, um, there are a number of words for trouble that could have been used, but that word is a very severe word. It's not like, you know, not getting the parking space you want. Like it is a, it's more devastating word. And Jesus says, look, you're, you're going to experience this. And, and so much of dealing with those hardships and troubles in life are, is not to be surprised by them, not to be cut off or caught off guard by them. That's why Peter writes, to Christians and first Peter, you know, why do you act so surprised at the hardships you're facing as, as though something strange is happening to you? In other words, yes, there are going to be difficult times. Yes, hardship is going to come. When that happens, put your trust in me, put your faith in me. Don't, don't be caught off guard by it. And, and I think that's one of the best things we can do for as parents. My, my dad used to do this for us as kids. It sounds a little creepy when I tell the story, but when, when we would have something, we, we, I remember one time in particular when a um, a, a young boy who was about two years older than I was. I was 13. He would have been 15 at the time. I uh, was killed in a tragic car accident. And I don't remember a lot about the funeral. I remember, though, driving home from um, the gravesite service at the cemetery and my dad saying to me in the car, our time will come. Our time will come. That was him letting me know at, I think, an age-appropriate time that you're going to have some moments like this in life where you, you know, experience just the hardest, the hardest things. When those things come, you know, stay connected to Jesus. Don't be surprised. You be the branch, stay connected to the vine. Don't be surprised as, as if something strange were happening to you. You know, this, in this world, you will have trouble. Um, and, and not to do that in a way that is, you know, full of despair, but in a way that is calm and confident because we know where our hope lies and, and it helps our kids um, not be caught off guard when, when those things inevitably come their way. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, I think one of the things I would want to unpack a little is 
like the barriers to getting to that place. So like, what do you think the biggest misconception about surrendering our way to Jesus is? And then how would you address those misconceptions? Yeah, I think there are a few. Um, the, the top two I would put this way is one, God can do anything about it. It's a lack of, it's a lack of faith. Um, I'm going to feel overwhelmed by this. I'm not going to talk to God. I'm not going to surrender it to him because what he's, he can't do anything about it, that he's powerless. The second misconception would be that he doesn't care, you know, that he is powerful, but he just, he just doesn't really care about me. He doesn't care about what's happening in my life. A lot of other people have a lot of problems. So I'm, I'm not going to go to him with this because even if he could do something, I I'm, I don't think he really cares about it. Um, so both of those obstacles are, are faith obstacles. It's a lack of faith in, in his power, or it's a lack of faith in his compassion. Mm -hmm. Uh, and and so one of the the tools that I think helps us surrender would be, uh, worship that when we worship, Mm -hmm. we are reminding ourselves, this is who God is. He is a God who is powerful and he's a God who cares, um, I don't sit in his seat. I can't see what he sees, uh, but my confidence and, and my hope is in him. And so worship, it has a way of reminding our hearts that that God is powerful and that God cares. And so one of the things that, you know, we do in our home is, um, you know, we are constantly telling Alexa to to play worship music. You know, we have that going in the morning, getting Alexa, ready stop. for that. Sorry, you just triggered my Alexa. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we get that going in the mornings. We get that going in the evenings. Um, and and I love, you know, that worship in our home feels like the background music. Yeah. You know, it feels like the soundtrack of our family. And and I, I do think that that has helped teach us um, and remind our hearts that, that God is powerful and that God and that God cares. Yeah, I love that. You know, a lot of times um, when I am coaching people, that's one of the first things that I say, or I talk about that, like, what does worship look like in your everyday life? And what I find is the people that are struggling really have no concept or no ritual or no practice around daily worship. And to me, that's mind blowing because it's like a lifeline for me. Like, you know, I don't, I can't get through my days without worship. And even, and and honestly, like that might've started for selfish reasons, because I know that God inhabits the praises of his people and I need God's presence in my life. And so in all honesty, like my flesh started doing that because I needed God's presence. But then, you know, that's that whole concept of how we are created beings to worship, you know, the the Holy Spirit to worship God. And so it's amazing what I'll see when I kind of just push that on people a little bit and encourage them and maybe give them a playlist and have them just, you know, maybe journal through their experiences through worship for a month. And they come back a month later, I kind of like work myself out of a job because they're like, Oh, that's what I was missing. And I didn't even realize it. And I think sometimes too, like when we're in this place, like even just this week, when we're hearing this news cycle um, about the most recent school shooting, we're like, how do we, how do we even feel about this at this point, like the complacency that the, the leadership seems to have in our, in our government. And, you know, the, the way that like, it just isn't being handled. We see this happening over and over again. And, you know, we kind of got to this place where we're like, you know what, we don't understand. We're going to just, we're going to worship. 
And I think the example that that sets for our kids is even in those moments that we don't understand, we can still be in God's presence and we might not get it figured out, but his peace that comes from being in his presence is the connection part that we need to get through it. Yeah. 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 I I talked about this in, um, in the, when your way isn't working book is that there are these different symptoms that start to surface when we recognize that our way isn't working or what we put our hope in isn't working. That might be our own uh, efforts. It might be our own gift giftedness where we realize it's just not enough. It might be the government where we think, you know, the government isn't working. It could be science. We're like, we thought science would fix this. You know, it could be legislation where we, we keep thinking legislation is going to fix these problems and it just never seems to. Um, and, and that those when when that becomes reality, when we're just we're faced, whether it's with a school shooting or something, you know, in our own homes, when that becomes reality, we, we tend to experience some some symptoms of that. We tend to um, to feel frustrated. You know, for me, when my way isn't working or when something I, I, I put my hope in isn't working, instead of feeling sad about that, I usually get frustrated my sadness kind of surfaces and anger, frustration. And, and when I, when I find myself in that way, I'm just, I'm frustrated with, you know, elected officials, I'm frustrated with, you know, my wife, or I'm frustrated with my coworkers. It's an indication to me that I, I, I need to let go of my way. Like I, I need to surrender some things, um, to God. And, and, and I need to, so for a lot of times that means I need to stop reading so much of the news. I I need to stop. uh, I I need to change my inputs and, um, and that helps me stay more connected to the vine that helps me uh, be the branch that bears healthy fruit. Um, And so one of the, one of the challenge I challenges I would have for, for parents who are listening to this is to really think about that, like to think through what are your inputs? What are the inputs for your home and family? Like, you, you know, if you look at your screen time and you're, you know, you're on news um, channels all the time, or you're on social media for, you know, an hour or two a day, then you're going to feel uh, overwhelmed. You're going to feel frustrated. You're going to feel, you know, anxious with, with all these things that, can't you can't control and all the disappointment that's happening around you and so as important as it is to stay connected to Jesus as as we read in John 15 verse 5 you know it it, it is also important to uh to pay attention to these other things that we've allowed our hearts to be connected to because those things end up having a, you know a much greater effect on us than what we're what we often realize yeah that's powerful Well, Kyle, thank you so much for just sharing um, a little bit. I feel like we could keep talking all day, but I really appreciate uh, just the insight that you've given. And one of the things that I like to do, I wanted to ask if you would, is just pray for the parents that might be listening today. I think, um, you know, a lot of times what happens is we kind of walk through these seasons and we're faced with 
having to make a decision. Like we have to make a decision if we're going to trust God with our kids. And sometimes that's hard to do. And so I specifically would like you to pray for the parent that is where I have been at. Like, okay, I want to get there, God, but I I need, that's an act of submission, even saying that I want to submit my kids. And so I'd like you to pray specifically for the parent that might be sitting in that place. Okay. Yeah, I would love to. Um, God, first, I just thank you that you are a, a loving father and that you see things that we can't, you know, things that we don't. And so we acknowledge, humbly acknowledge that our confidence is not in ourselves. Our confidence is in you. Um, God, I thank you for parents who are listening to this. The fact that they would take time to listen to this shows me how much they care about getting it right. They want to honor you as parents. They want to uh, help their children know you genuinely and deeply. So I, I'm grateful for that. Um, God, I pray for each parent listening to this um, to put the priority on staying connected to you. Give them this sense of confidence that if they stay connected to you, that some of the things that they struggle with and some of the things that they don't get right, that you're you're going to work through those things, that good fruit can still come from from those challenges. I know as parents who care deeply for our children, um, that we put a lot of attention into best practices. And and that's good, reading books and articles, listening to podcasts about best practices, all that's good, but there is no substitute, God, for us staying connected to you. So I, I pray that we would model that for our kids, that our kids would see us first thing in the morning before we do anything else during the day, that we they would see us with an open Bible, they would see us uh, on our knees in prayer. I, I pray, God, that you would give us the courage to tell our kids when we don't get it right, the courage to tell our kids when when we're struggling and that um, that we're, we're calling on you for help. I, I pray that they would see that in us so that they would know how to surrender and they would know how to submit um, to you when it's their turn. Um, so, God, we we ask you for your help and for your grace in these things. Um, we acknowledge um, that we are weak and we pray that your strength would be demonstrated in us and through us. I pray a blessing upon every parent listening to this and upon the kids uh, that they're raising. I pray that you would protect them, that they would grow up to be connected to you, Jesus, and that you would uh, bear good fruit through their lives. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you so much, Kyle, for joining us today. It's been an honor to have you on the show. Um, can you tell our listeners where they can find you and where they can grab a copy of your new book? Yeah, so um, I, there are quite a few free resources on kyleidelman.com, uh, also through uh, Facebook and Instagram. And then uh, you can find my new book, When Your Way Isn't Working, pretty much anywhere books are sold. Um, I think most people do Amazon these days. Pretty easy to do it that way, but I would love for you to check it out. Thank you. Great. Thanks so much. Hey friend, do you feel like you need a little bit of one-on-one? I don't know about you, but sometimes when I go through the scriptures or I go through the biblical concepts, I find myself thinking, okay, but how do I actually apply that in my life? Or if you've come to this podcast, it's likely because you desire to hear Jesus more clearly, to be confident in what he's saying in your life, the way he's leading you. I want you to know that I offer life coaching and spiritual direction. And while the two are similar, they're also kind of different. Life coaching is when we set goals and, and I help hold you accountable and help break those down into bite-sized manageable pieces to help you achieve those goals. But spiritual direction takes it one step further. We invite Jesus into the 
process. And through spiritual direction, the goal of that really is to help you hear God's voice more clearly. And so there's things that we will do like prayer projects and spiritual gifts testing and a life map and all sorts of things to help you get to a place where you can see this thread of redemption that God has woven throughout your life. And then also to set you up so that you can hear God's voice for yourself. Because ultimately, the reason why I do the the podcast and I write the books and I have all the resources available is because I want you to settle into this place where you are confident in knowing the difference between God's voice, your own voice and the enemy's voice. So if that sounds like something that you would like to do, um, life coaching right now runs about $97 for an hour. And that's for one person. I also have group rates available. And if you want to schedule that, it's if you go to shehears.org, you can go, there's a Calendly link where it says work with me and you can set up a time that works for you. I would count it an honor and a privilege to be able to walk alongside of you in that process. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call in your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.